Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 86 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Good morning, afternoon, and night. Welcome. Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And uh, yeah, this is our podcast that we do all the time, you guys. Yep. We're airing in Vietnam right now. We are. We're live. We're doing like some Robin Williams stuff. We're all on <laughs> just mountains of cocaine at the moment. <laughs> we apologize for the poor Vietnamese translation, but we can't afford to get a better translator. Yeah, we got a bunch of uh, hair implants on our arms looking good. <laughs> Isn't uh, this all subtitled in Vietnamese right now? It is. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, just look at the screen. Yep. To all our Vietnamese fans. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So what's uh, uh, what, what, what should we say on this thing? That you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Yes. You should. That you can follow us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That you can check out our Twitter at Big Planet Comics. Probably buzzing right now, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yep. And uh, yeah, you know, the rest of the internet. Tumblr. Like crazy, check yeah. out our Tumblr. It's getting better. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be uh, kicking it up a notch in a few days. Yep. We just posted something on there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So uh, what have you guys been up to? I've been listening to a lot of the new Kanye West album. Oh, Yeezus? Over and over again. What's your favorite song? Is it Black Skinhead? <laughs> no. <That's>, uh, <laughs> that keeps coming on my uh, internet stream at work, and I'm like, oh, skip, skip, skip. <laughs> I like, and I did it today, and some dude's like, you don't have to skip the Kanye. <laughs> I like Hold My Liquor. It's pretty good. And the one after that, which I can't remember. That album great. is, at at the same time, brilliant. And ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and it's funny, and it's over the top, and I, it, it's genius. I don't know. I feel it's like, like the most original thing I've heard in like a long time. Yeah. Oh, well, his last album was pretty interesting too. But yeah. he, he said he wanted to get away from that with this because that was very like radio friendly. And yeah. there's no singles. Enough. There's not this. a single single. There, there, will, there will never be a single from this album. Like it can't happen. No. There's that. There's that like uh, the most censored single ever. That one with like the. Uh, the kind of is it Brenda Lee that sample right, right, right yeah maybe that one maybe maybe but even that it's yeah. not like it's not like Gold Digger or something or right. Runaway or something yeah but uh, I've, I've been, been speaking, I've been listening to it I've been speaking a lot of swag Healy lately <laughs> <laughs> you uh, three hundred like the Romans yeah yelling for your croissant yeah uh, yeah it's 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 cool though I like it yes have yeah, you listened to it Jared uh, yeah only once though. That's great. Except for all the times you listen to Black Skinhead. Right, but that's not listening to the whole album. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see him on Saturday Night Live? Let's just no. talk about Kanye West for a little bit. Cause sure. We never, we never just... Sh- oh, he, he had so, a baby? Yeah, what's up with the kid? Northwest? That's yeah. a terrible name. That's a great name. That's, great that's name. like what Old Dirty Bastard would name his kid. Yeah. But, but his, I was about to say he's no Old Dirty Bastard. I'm like, but then he realized he's going to marry Kim Kardashian, which is like the Old Dirty Bastard of you think society. That, you think they were... <laughs> You think they were arguing about whether it be north or south? Like how or, long? Or, or, or yeah, yeah, maybe east, east, west, <laughs> east, east, west, west would have been hot. Yeah, should have gone with it. Hot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, he's married to Kim Kardashian. Oh it's, no, they're not married. <laughs> Engaged. This podcast is so good right they're now. Talking about it. <laughs> Society. Page. What a weird thing. Yeah, whatever. They're yeah. they're both ridiculous. Yeah. So I think it works. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but Kanye's talented. Yeah. Yeah. Although Kim apparently is a genius. Look at her. Still doing it. She's rich, man. Exactly. She got a big butt. She got a big butt. <laughs> got a sex date. I watch some of I have cable now. I watch some of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Wow. Not how's, a not a good that? show. Not a no. good show. Not a good TV show. Are you going to keep up with it? No. No. I'm going to just keep watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, which is basically <laughs> what I do. And I watch the show Tanked, or where like, people build fish tanks. Nice. Elaborate fish tanks. Or Man versus Food. Or or Treehouse oh, Masters. Man, all the time. Where people, that awful. No, that show's great. That show's great. Treehouse Masters, where people just build treehouse. Oh, really? They're the that's masters cool. of the treehouses. <laughs> wow, that guy's stretching these. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> all on the Travel Channel. <laughs> wow. 
I know it's so weird. Like all these channels, like the History Channel has like all these like. Well, the History Channel famously now has like that mermaid thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. And is that no? That's Animal Planet. Oh well, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. mermaids are animals. They're, animals. they're, they're half animals. They're right? real. They're real creatures. Yeah. <laughs> big Planet Comics Podcast, everyone. Big yeah. Big Animal Planet <laughs> Comics Podcast. All right, Jared. Uh, well, well, that's what Nick's been up to. Yep. What have you been up to? <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, I saw DC United play on Saturday, and they won for the second time this entire season. Oh, I thought they were good right now. They were good last year. They've been terrible this year, literally. Let's, let's pretend this is a Vuvuzela. There you go. But yeah, they won an exciting 1-0 match, and everyone went bananas. It was the best. Yeah, because you sit with the crazy fans, the I screaming do. eagles. That's them. They were they've been screaming less. <laughs> the sighing eagles. Yeah, but no, it was it was, it was very exciting. And you've been up to game. you've been up to some other crazy stuff, which we'll talk about soon. Keeping yep. it mysterious, you guys. Secrets. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, how about you? I'm I'm getting ready to move. Some stress. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm moving in a couple weeks, which is pretty exciting. You moving so, on up? I'm moving on up. I'm moving into Washington D.C. proper, into the the South Side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Southwest, <laughs> southwest side. side, where there's kind of not a lot, but uh, it's yep. quiet, nice, and really close to the water in the fish market on the waterfront yeah. and the DMV. Yep, and the DMV. Jared said it was just a few blocks from my house, so I can just walk out my door and get in line yeah <laughs> it probably ends at your, yeah. your house trust exactly. me that line is terrible so that's exciting and yeah. that's actually probably going to affect the podcast so we're going to go back to posting on thursdays pretty soon hope so we might take a couple weeks off even more timely yeah except for taking weeks off yeah but uh so that'll be good because i know a lot of you guys end up not being able to listen to it before the weekend which is unfortunate yeah because you want to be up to the minute yeah with all the hot news speaking of news you guys Let's get hot. hot oh, ice. also, my the first page of my comic came out, Zodiac Star Force. Oh, Go to ZodiacStarForce.com. Follow us. We uh, send fan mail and fan art. We love it. Isn't plug, that plug, plug? Go in the news section. That uh, Yeah, that'll be in the news section as well. <laughs> It'll right. be in every section. It's going to be in every section. And we're going to review it. it. I'm going to yep. review and it. And then somebody named Kevin sent in a question about it. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Okay, uh, so let's do some news. Boy, oh boy, we got some news for you today. First up, Boom Studios has acquired Arkea Entertainment. That's true. Uh, so this is the third time Arkea has been bought by somebody, or at least by different owners? Because it wasn't just Mark Andrew Smith at first, right? It was his right. self-publishing company. Is that his name? Yeah, uh, Mark Smiley. Mark Smiley. Yeah, yeah. And he, he was did like... did Artesia, and that was his self-publishing house, and then he got big for his virtues and started publishing all his friends, which of course meant he went out of business. Yeah, because he started out doing, like, role-playing game stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he was, like, an artist for that, and then he was like, well, whatever, I'm going to do my own comic. Yep. yep. And then they had a big hit with Mouse Guard. Yep. Right. And made a ton of money, and then he put out really... Terrible comics. Terrible comics. Yeah. A couple of good ones in there. Sure. But mostly really ones. terrible. And then recently, RK has been doing a lot better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Putting out stuff like Tale of Sand yep, and uh, the Dark Crystal books, which have been pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And some good stuff here and there. They got that uh, Thrilling Adventures Hour thing coming yeah, out. The, that should be they pretty did good. Spara. They've done a lot of good stuff. Is Iron yeah. Man as well? Which one? Iron? Iron Man? That's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Iron in the War After or the War After. Oh, yeah. That was okay. That was a good yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. And their yeah. packaging's always been fantastic. Yeah. They have like some of the best design. Nice hardcover books. Yeah. But Boom is going to buy them. Bottom, yeah. yep. bottom, yeah. it happened, and Boom's been putting out all the Adventure Time stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, they say they'll, it'll be kind of maintained as like its own imprint, that makes um, sense. and they'll kind of reprint some of the the best stuff from Arkea. And yeah, so it's good. It's pretty pretty interesting. A lot of the good Arkea stuff is hard to find. I wonder if they'll have more kind of um, floppies. Oh, That's like uh, uh, like floppy disks? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably not. I think probably 
they'll stick. Boom with will them. do what they do, and Arcade will still do what they do, and they'll yeah. kind of stick with that. But who knows? Because okay, the only floppy they put out is Mouse, Mouse Guard. Guard. Yeah, because and Arcade like once a year they'll put it, out yeah. Artesia number twelve or something. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, once and, every uh, three years. Another interesting tidbit of news here. Yes, Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama has announced that he's putting out a new manga called Ginga Patrol Jackal. Yeah, what? that sounds awesome. Wow, uh, it's like a sci-fi kind of thing. And the only the only uh, little quote they put out, like a little t- like thing that it, it's funny. It's like I think it's just translated funny, but it says the legend of hope of the for the entire world returns here. I don't know what that means. That sounds great. <laughs> that's, that's I like, believe it though. It's true. No further details. That's it. <laughs> what, uh, what more do you need? But yeah, it's, it's going to be in Show and Jump, uh, part of their 45th anniversary. So this was not translated by Adrian Tomine, like no. the uh, yeah, like the Tatsumi books. No, no. no. okay. Too bad. <laughs> it should be. Awesome. It should be great. Akira Toriyama is awesome. Doctor Slump is awesome. Dragon Ball. Sandland is awesome. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z is awesome. Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, yep. Is awesome. Yep. And Dragon Warrior in the U.S. <laughs> if you're Until from recently. Like 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next in the news, we got uh, this amazing tweet from Michael Rosenbaum. Who yeah, played... you guys follow Michael Rosenbaum at Michael Rosenbaum 711. Because <laughs> there's so many Michael Rosenbaums. Yeah, that, that's M. Rosenbaum um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Don't follow him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he tweeted. Well, he first of all, he played Lex Luthor in Smallville. And he tweeted. Can the Superman fans out there spread the word that there's really no other choice? Let Cranston stick to meth. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so Brian Cranston is now scheduled to. Be no, like he's not. But he's like people. In the running people or want him to be. Yeah, like yeah. Lex Luthor. Um, he has a shaved head. This right. reminds me of. Do you remember when? I mean, it was, this was a long time ago, so probably nobody remembers. But uh, when the old Batman movies came out, Adam West was really mad that they hadn't cast him as Batman, right? right. And that they cast Michael Keaton instead. <laughs> right. Uh, this just reminds me of that. It's like, yeah. it's like who? First of all, who do you think you are? Yeah, like, uh, I believe he thinks he's Lex Luthor. I guess he does think he's Lex Luthor. But uh, I, I think the guy that played Lex Luthor on Lois and Clark <laughs> should be <laughs> the new I Lex Luthor. Just bring back Gene Hackman. He just looked like Warren Beatty. He was great. They should bring back Gene Hackman. Bring back Ned Beatty, <laughs> and. It would be great if they could bring back Richard Pryor, just in general. <laughs> just bring him back to life. <laughs> yeah, just would that be the Black life. Lanterns crossover? Uh, yeah, 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 that would be, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, all right, next, and the biggest news I'll leave to Jared. <laughs> all right, folks. <laughs> uh, so, Retrofit Comics, who's an awesome new small publisher from... Philadelphia. Yeah. Born and raised? Pennsylvania. <laughs> I bet so. Uh... Mid-2011 announced that the uh, Box Brown is the head of and soul of Retrofit. So he's going to start up a new comics line where he's going to be publishing actual comics with staples in them, like floppy, you know, 20 to 40 page comics. Yeah, because it's not like a very common indie thing. Most indie yeah. books just end up coming out as books or like Or they're like comics. six issues that go into a graphic novel or they're right. just like very short, weird little mini comics. And, and they're like, harder to find. Yeah, yeah, they're really hard to find. Uh, so he said, I'm going to do a line. I think, did he start with a Kickstarter for the very first it? Yeah. He did some sort of thing where he's like, I'm going yeah, to put out 16 yeah. issues. Like, you know, it'll be me and all my friends will each do an issue and it'll come out like one a month for, you know, a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, they do like a subscription model, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you can sign up and get, oh, uh, you know, it's like just get a comic in the mail every month. Like the old kind of like sub pop uh, right. seven inch thing that they right. used to do. Which yeah. is basically what he's doing. Uh, and yeah, they've put out, we've reviewed a lot of them on the show. Um, a lot of them have been really good. Some have been good, but as a whole, it's just like a brilliant concept. It's great design, very right. good look to it. That was the other thing. He said he wanted to make it like more professional. Yeah. So it'd be like, you know, a retrofit product is going to look good and you know kind of what you're getting. Right. 
Uh, and so Big Planet Comics uh, has been interested in entering the publishing field as well. And so I was talking to a bunch of our friends in publishing, like uh, Chris Bitzer of Ad House and other people who you know getting advice on it. And I was talking to Box, and I'm like, you know, I really admire your model. Um, if you had any advice for us if we start publishing? And he's like, well, do you just want to start publishing with us? <laughs> and I said, sure. So Big Planet Comics is now co-publisher with Retrofit Comics. <laughs> Crazy news. It's good news. Crazy. Yep. So uh, Box has said uh, that he, you know, obviously his comics are amazing. We've read a lot of his. It's <laughs> like he's a really good creator. Uh, but he's so busy with Retrofit that he's had less time to both just freelance and to get his own comics out. He's got to so, get that Andre the Giant comic. Done. Yeah. Oh, so his, his big that. graphic <laughs> novel he's working on for first second uh, is about a bio of Andre the Giant. Which so we're excited. all really <laughs> excited about. Um, so we're basically going to be helping him run uh, Retrofit, like on the kind of logistics side, and, like making sure they all get distributed on time and... We're going to be doing some fancy new stuff. Breaking news here, like barcodes. Very nice. exciting. Yeah. Barcodes. Barcodes. Yeah. So making it more corporately We're going to put ret- retrofit into the diamond catalog? We might. Oh, boy. That would be crazy. Yeah. Sellouts. <laughs> Sellouts. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. It's going to be interesting. Well, yeah. But, yeah, basically, get it. Yeah. Uh, so Box is still going to be, like, the editorial and, like, you know, creative force behind it. And we're like, what do you need us to do? So... That's awesome. Box Brown is awesome. That yep. is Andre the Giant comic looks cool. Yeah, he uh, can focus on getting, you know, creators and writers and artists yeah. and, and also making the books look good and doing awesome comics of his own. Yeah, right? which is great. And yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Even though we don't know exactly everything. So a little, yeah, this is like, a little vague at this point. This week, yeah. 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 So, uh, like, I just found out about it today. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like an hour ago. Yeah. yeah, well, he did a big announcement. He got interviewed with by Comics Beat, and that was kind of his breaking news announcement. Which is awesome. So, congratulations, Jared, for putting Thanks. all that together. I'm very stoked. And, Stay tuned uh, for more news so, about yeah, that. We'll yeah, in fact, the next one coming news. out will be a box brown comic called uh, Beach Girls. Is that what it is? Yeah. And we'll probably have to recuse ourselves from reviewing it. Except that it will look pretty. And biased. Got it back out. A backup by James Colchaka. But we can, prom- we can promote it. Right. Yep. Yeah. We're going to start selling retrofit t-shirts in our stores? Totally should. <laughs> totally, totally <laughs> should. All right. Uh, well, and then, last item of news, oh. a new uh, comic book finally came out online. On the <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that was in the news. ZodiacStarForce.com. <laughs> yep, dot com. Do it. Uh, so who is that drawn by? That is drawn by Paulina Ganeshow. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. She does all of our podcast pictures. I just showed Jared and Nick the one from this week, which is a Peanuts-inspired uh, homage. homage, and it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. And But uh, her art in this blows that out of the water, blows it's art. It's insanely crap. good. It's insanely good. Yeah. Uh, so what's the premise of Zodiac Star Force? Oh, um, are we doing this right now? Is this what's happening? Tell us you got Comic Cup finally. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically a magical, magical girl comic, similar to uh, Sailor Moon. Okay. But set in a more realistic world. Um, like our world, basically. Yeah, like our and world. More modern. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's much more modern. I'd say if, if you were to boil it down, it's like Sailor Moon meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That is a high pitch if I've ever heard one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check it out. ZodiacStarForce.com. I feel like really weird promoting myself <laughs> right now and answering questions. Why? Who, who writes it? I do. Oh! Kevin uh, Panetta. Wait, writer. and how often does it come out? Uh, I've named myself the world's manliest Bunheads fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. So one page every Tuesday on Tumblr. Yeah. There you go, folks. Yep, there you go. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow us because I want you to. All right, <laughs> you guys want to do some questions? Yes. yes. All right, let's do this. All right, question number one this week is from Vanessa. Vanessa says, hey, guys, I asked Jared hey. this question in person. 
And he demanded I email it due to the complexity. It's really <laughs> complicated. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I even read this beforehand. I don't know if I have an answer to it. <laughs> uh, can you think of any comic book characters who have a similar characterization or personality type to a character in any other medium, like a TV, movie, novel, etc.? For example, I think that Cyclops from X-Men and Jack from Lost are basically the same character. They're both heroes who whine about their responsibility but are unwilling to relinquish control to the rest of the group. They claim to know what is best for the group but often make terrible selfish decisions and they're pretty self-righteous and judgmental. I think that's fair for both of yeah. those characters. Yeah. They both uh, lived on an island. Yep. Psych- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Cyclops sucks. Uh, they both travel in time a lot. Yep. They got weird true. family connections. Yep. Um, they both look like Matthew Fox yep. in Speed Racer. <laughs> uh, so, true. so with that long-winded example in mind, I'm wondering if you can think of other similar similar character pairings. Thoughts? Uh, uh, well, Buffy is a lot like the character Buffy in the comic Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> uh, um, notorious know. Captain America foe Adolf Hitler is much like the leader of Nazi Germany Adolf Hitler, <laughs> except he gets punched a lot more. There, but there must there must be some some ones right yeah um, uh, yeah there's stuff uh, I think X X Men's a pretty good thing because you definitely have some like iconic characters that are like like that like you know Cyclops is like the whiny self reluctant leader so and I got nothing <laughs> yeah no, I know I was drawing it out I should have I should have thought about this a little bit more I mean you've got a lot of archetypes that run through things and I can't right. name any of them right now <laughs> no, that's why I was like surely I'll think <laughs> yeah, of I, one uh, I'm zoning out so um. Hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, you got nothing. This is is this our first time? I mean, I know Jared usually can't answer the question. We're all kind <laughs> of like, but we're all kind of blanking. Uh, um, Jean Grey in the very like messiah-like complex, perhaps a little Christ figure. I think that's a bit of a stretch. She's <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus. Jesus didn't blow up a whole planet. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's come back to this one. Let's answer another question. I'm not gonna have a better answer. <laughs> <than Yeah>. Fables. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't people let us know? We'll, we'll post this question online, and uh, people can answer, and then we'll come back with some good stuff next week because we're all, we're all blanking completely. This is, this is sad. This podcast was going really well, you guys. Sorry. All right. This next question is from Wang Gretzky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always love it when he sends questions. Uh, uh, he says, hey, podcast. Hey. <laughs> this question is a lot different than the last one. Uh, I've just finished reading the Howard the Duck omnibus, and I don't yes. get it. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Howard the Duck so revered? Uh, I found Steve Gerber's portrayal of the character. Compl- I like that. It's like Steve Gerber's portrayal of this classic character. Completely unlikable and unrelatable, and the storylines <laughs> to be uninteresting and unfunny. Oh. Is there something that I'm missing? I've even read some stories upside down and backwards to no avail. Am I the only one who finds Mantlo's run on Howard to be superior to Gerber's? Oh. Please help. All right. So first, <laughs> Thanks, Wang. Steve Gerber created Howard the Duck. Steve Gerber right. did create Howard the Duck, yep. So it's not just his version. He's the creator. Yeah. So you could say that he created this character and then Mantlo did a better version later, but... It's not just his portrayal. Uh, anyway. I think I think for one thing, Howard the Duck was uh, when it came out, it was something completely different at the yeah. time. You know, it was like a, it was a funny animal comic, but it had like a like a nasty edge to it. Right, and I think that was at the time completely different. I've gone back and read those comics, and I actually find them pretty enjoyable. Yeah, but in a very goofy way. You know, they're very much steeped. It's in like that watching kind of an episode of like Mama's Family or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is kind of stupid, but, but it was groundbreaking at the time. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. The it's um, 
the first appearance of Kiss in comics, so that should be pointed out. It's like Howard the Duck number five, I believe. So that's right, important. Right. Um, and I think people like the art a lot, which you know the yeah. art, in, the art in it's good. I think just at this point, maybe it probably feels a little old and a little bit like it has, you know, it's just done for shock value. Right. Well, what about his point about Mantlo doing a better version? Well, I don't know Mantlo's Howard the Duck stuff. I don't Ooh, think I don't know if it's in the Howard the Duck essential. He said edition it's in the omnibus, so I bet it's only oh. the the biggest. All I don't know. Issues. I don't even know if I read the whole thing. Uh, Howard the Duck is a fun idea to me, but I don't. I don't really care. The <laughs> the movie is really really bad. It is, and I it's got it. it's got duck boobs in it. It's so good. Oh, yeah, God. one uh, of my favorite movies of all time. That's not true. <laughs> and if it is true, it's only because you're trying to be a jerk. It, it, was, it was when I was like eight. Yeah, because yeah. of the boobs. Yeah. Well, no, just because it was Howard the Duck. Because <laughs> it was Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah. So. Um, I think I think the reason it's so revered is yeah, like because at the time it was something different. Yeah. Well, it's it's so like meta too that like no comics, especially like a mainstream comic, nothing had done that. Right? How referential it was about like the world and superheroes and all that nonsense. So that that's that. That's my defense. All right, next. Um, uh, Fred Flintstone and the guy from the Honeymooners. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, nice. Hello, sir. Neither of those things are comic book things. <laughs> I know. Uh, Fred Flintstone from the Gold Key or Dell Flintstones <laughs> comics. Uh, hello, sirs. I would like to thank you for several several things, all of which aren't required on air reading. Well, should I read them anyway? Yes. One, ex- Ecstatics <laughs> Omnibus. Welcome. Cool. You're welcome. Uh, two, my nieces, nephews, and my son now all read Super Dinosaur and absolutely love it. Oh, fantastic. Yep. One of the most underrated kids' comics. Uh, yeah, the new after school treat back home is for my sister to take their kids to the comic book shop. Thanks. Nice. Wow. Uh, and three, I started working out recently and I'm listening to your podcast from number one. I'm currently on episode 41. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it gets better. Uh, does it? Are you losing weight as you're listening to I it? I feel like episode one is the best episode. <laughs> is it something, are you working out to Because we were so drunk when we recorded yeah. that. Um, and also I wasn't on it. <laughs> well, I didn't say that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and you should take a break and hydrate. Uh, he says, <laughs> "I have sworn, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have sworn that I will not listen to it at all unless I'm in the gym. Getting into the gym twice a day takes a little <laughs> extra motivation. And you wow. guys, and sometimes girls are it. Wow, girls. Oh, that was Eden was on an episode. We had some gym. guests. Yeah. Uh, all right, enough praise. On to my question. All right. I don't know. Hit that was me. some pretty good praise. Here we go. If tomorrow Marvel and DC creative employees swap companies for a six issue run of each comic." What books do you think would suffer the most, and which would become better? Uh, <laughs> all oh. the Marvel books would suffer the most, and all the DC books would become better. <laughs> right. Mind you, this is all up to your imagination and how you think the office bigwigs would handle it. So would front office DC put Marvel's best on their best books or their worst to increase readership for the eventual change back? Oh, very <laughs> um, political. That's, yeah, I, that, that's, that's weird. I think in a world where they would switch like that... Um, the they would all work together to make the decisions on who would be on which books basically. I yeah. think it basically would be a disaster. It would be a total Cause, disaster. Because both companies would have like crazy control issues over their characters and like not let people do what they want and like I would just end up bad. So he says if my wording is lacking, feel free to interpret how you like. So let's 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 answer this question. Yeah. What DC creators would be great on what Marvel books and what Marvel creative yeah. teams would be good on, on some DC books. So who have we got that we would love from DC? Because that's a much shorter list. Uh, <laughs> Booyah. Uh, I feel <laughs> Jeff like... Jeff Lemire? Let's start with him. Yeah. Jeff Lemire would be really interesting on... Howard the Duck? <laughs> oh, my... He would. <laughs> on Howard the Duck. I don't know. What's what's Jeff Lemire? I think Jeff Lemire could write a good Spider-Man comic, to be honest. Right. Uh, right. A, a good personal Sp- Spider-Man comic. I'd like to see... Uh, 
um, Scott Snyder take on something like uh, X Men stuff, or or no, I was thinking more like uh, like Legion of Monsters. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, or, or Hulk. Or Hulk. Hulk yeah, he could do yeah, a pretty cool he Hulk. He could do a cool Hulk. Uh, from Marvel, I don't know. Uh, who, who are some of our favorite Marvel writers at the moment? I could see like Jason Aaron doing something. Maybe like uh, something like uh, something edgier. Maybe like a Deathstroke or Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would so, be oh, great. I've That'd got a good cool. one. Brian Bendis on Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. New team cool. book with a whole side. Oh, wait, wait. Maybe Hickman on Legion of Superheroes? Yeah, I think that would be That'd cooler. Be better. I think also Rick Remender on um, Justice League would be pretty interesting. Right. Um, be pretty yeah, great. Good. yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I- I'd like to see Jason Aaron do a Justice League International book because he does funny so well with uh, Wolverine and the X-Men right now. I think that would be true. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So those ones. Maybe Jeff Johns doing a... Uh... Like uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 Why aren't you making this happen? Uh, oh, because geez. I don't make the decisions. Oh, no, wait, hold on. Ray Sveck, question asker, <laughs> do you make the decisions? Jeff Lemire should be doing uh, Doctor Strange. That would be cool. That, that would, would be, be good. insanely good. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then he says, question sort of number two. Same question, but with an image. Uh, I do not have a great understanding of how it works, but I think the creators all have a set of comics all of their own. So if that's true. What happens if Kirkman's crew is set upon Spawn for six issues and Todd McFarlane and crew are on Walking Dead Invincible, purely as examples? That thing wow. happened in the 90s. In the 90s, they did a thing where all the image image writers and artists switched oh, yeah. books. You remember that? No. Was that darker image? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, like, uh, like Eric Larson was doing, like, I don't remember like that. Spawn yeah. or something. Yeah. And, like, like an issue or Todd McFarlane was doing Savage Dragon. I don't know. It was weird. Well, I think putting Todd McFarlane on Walking Dead or Invincible would be pretty bad. Yeah. It would be awful. Uh, but, it would destroy the book for But amongst the other uh, image people, it'd be cool to see Brian K. Vaughn take on something in East of West, right, for right. example. That's true. Or to see, um, you know, I don't know, Robert Kirkman take on, I don't know, some some other thing. At some image. other thing, like uh, <laughs> maybe like a Madman or something like that. Yeah, or um, yeah, or or Spawn. I don't know. Kirk, Kirkman though, Kirkman has this weird thing. He's it's very rev- fanboyish. Yeah, he's he's very when it comes to that '90s image stuff. He's very reverential and fanboyish. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think uh, like his stuff he did with Rob Liefeld. If he was to do a Spawn comic, it would be a lot like, like really? Spawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, but uh, well, it would be like Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe um, uh, Jonathan Hickman doing something. Legion of Superheroes. Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like all these things would be disastrous. Yeah. Is the true answer. Yeah. 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 Um, and DC sucks. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Not completely. Just, they're getting better. I liked these. Yeah. I, we're going to review a couple DC don't, books this week. Don't that be I too hard on them. They're going to be losing a lot of money next month. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, so are we. Uh, all right. Hey, so oh. he said, I won't hear this question for a while, assuming you use it. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he's only on episode 41, and we're on episode 86. So, um, <laughs> so he's, he's going twice a day. Twice so, a day, yeah. But some of those podcasts so long. from a few months ago were like three hours long. Yeah, you're going to hit best um, of, and you'll just stop. So, uh, so goodbye from the past, and keep up the great podcast. Can, oh, I guess we can't warn him from the future because it's going to be way later, right? Yeah. Can't we? Yeah, yeah. I was going to tell him not oh. to buy Age of Ultron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, he says V slash R. What does that mean? Um, virtual reality. <laughs> Virt- virtual virtual reality. Race Vec. He's got a box at Bethesda. Thanks, Ray. Cool. Uh, thanks for all the praise and and the questions and listening to and, so many podcasts. Yeah, and listening to so many podcasts. Um, I've been trying to think in the back of my mind of characters that are like similar to each other. Oh, like TV, and I just 
yeah. stopped. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I gave up. It's too I'm, hard. I'm totally zoning out, so it's it's not working. All right, uh, one more question. This is from Peter Berkting. Mm-hmm. He's a creator. We reviewed one of his comics. Domovoy. Yeah. And he says, are print comics dead soon? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I don't even buy real books myself anymore unless they are really special. Peter Berkting. I buy all my books on Kindle, but I... Do you? Yeah, I do. Huh? Yeah, I just started like a year ago. I really like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean I, like like novel, like novels, yeah, yeah. prose books. Yeah, because I, I can read them on my Kindle at right. home and then when I'm on the road or at work yeah. or something, you know, I want to read a book. I can at work? Read. Yeah, at work. You, you heard me. Yeah. I can read this John Krakauer book about Mormons while I'm at work. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, But comics, I don't know. I work in a comic store, so I love print comics. Yep. And it seems like a lot of people still do. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of people who, like, who read some comics on on uh, Comicsology and stuff, but then they're like, oh, I just want to buy, like, I want like a physical. Like, people will go there and read stuff, and then come in and buy like the trades of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's when we were talking about recently how comic sales numbers are at their highest since 1997. You know, that was print comics that people were talking about. It wasn't right. print and digital comics. So uh, it looks like things are still going pretty strong. I think the great advantage. There's two things. One, it's such like a fetishistic object that it's like this is something. You like to hold. It's like for a lot of people for books too. It's like they like to hold it and turning the pages, and like the act of reading. Um, but That's such a negative though. Like, but I, no, it's just like I don't think it's negative. I feel like it's like it's like the reasons we're around are because people are hoarders and they're like and they like right. fetishize paper. Seems like the worst possible. Reasons. No, I mean that's like it's a pleasurable experience to read it. In this yeah, that's like that tactile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is that unlike a novel, where literally you could have like a bigger print size book in the words the paragraphs will shift on a page and it doesn't really matter except for a chapter break in comics like the really especially the really well done ones you get the thing of like turning a page where there's a cliffhanger in the bottom right panel and you're like what happens next and you turn the page like that's you know part of the experience of turning pages and there's also you know, the that. composition of the page yeah. like i wouldn't want to read you know there's like this sort of guided by panel thing that right. at uh you know like comiXology and all the other places and it's like i wouldn't want to read like a carl barks page like that because right. i want to see the composition of a right. carl barks page because it's so amazing right uh but that's not to say that you know certain things aren't written towards digital that right. are great True. uh yeah. you know some people are are doing whole comics online right that are really good <laughs> <Zodiac Star Force laughs> yeah like at zodiacstarforce.com but uh yeah so i i i don't think print comics are dead soon maybe no. eventually maybe but you know it's hard to say yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll hopefully change, be a little while yeah Yep. Uh, hey jared how's that whole publishing print comics thing going? awesome i just started doing it yeah Good timing. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Peter Bergting, for the question. Your graphic novel is awesome. Yes. You can follow him at Bergting. <laughs> Conveniently. That's Berg, like a burger, <laughs> but spelled with an E instead of a U. <laughs> uh, and ting like the ting tings. Uh, it's Peter Bergting like Peter Berg, who is a different person. Peter Bergman? No. Meredith Baxter Bergman? Meredith Baxter Bergman <laughs> is not a person. You're thinking of Meredith Baxter Bernie. Oh, is that what I'm Yeah, thinking? yeah. Uh, Meredith Baxter, Bernie Madoff. Uh, all right, cool. Well, that's it for the questions this week. Thanks, everybody, for sending in questions. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's always good to hear uh, from If everybody. you have any questions or if you can think of comic book characters who have similar characterizations or personality types to a character in another medium, send those Please, to let us know. podcast at bigplanetcomics.com. We got nothing. Or to our Facebook or to our Twitter or call our podcast hotline at 1703-539-CAST. That number again, one seven zero three five three nine C A S T.
That reminds me, I got the best voicemail ever today that I'll play for you guys off the air when we're done. Sounds good. (laughs) I think I might have gotten a voicemail that I forgot to add into the podcast this week, so we'll probably have one next week, but send more. More, please. Yeah. All right, you guys want to do some reviews? Yes. Let's do it. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. Up first, this week on the Big Planet Comics podcast review section, <laughs> uh, is Age of Ultron number 10 AI. AI. Yeah, AI. Good movie. AI stands for artificial... Um, information. information. Good work. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> This is written by uh, <laughs> this is written by Mark Wade, who uh, writes a lot of stuff. Daredevil recently. Does oh, it stands for Avengers Initiative. I thought it said for Mark W A I D. Does it stand for Avengers Initiative? Yeah. Does it? No, it's artificial. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, this is drawn by Andre Lima Araujo, who I don't know, but uh, I thought the art in this was pretty it good. Is good. Yeah. So this uh, takes place after the events of Age of Ultron, like immediately after. Yeah, where basically nothing happens. <laughs> but uh, well, like. Things happen, but not related to the story. Yeah, and yeah. Not, sort of, and not like. Well, they're sort of related to this story. Yeah. So basically, at the end of Age of Ultron, uh, I don't think this spoils anything. And if it does, just don't listen for a second. But yeah, sorry, uh, kids. basically, Hank Pym found out that without. Basically, they were trying to kill Hank Pym to prevent Ultron from being born or right. whatever. And he found out that even if that happened, the world was terrible and it was actually worse. So this is kind of a comic that goes through. Like, his childhood and his time becoming Ant-Man and sort of what it means to him to be a hero. And he realizes that, you know... And figuring out, like, what's wrong with him. Yeah. And he kind of realizes... The subtitle of this is, It's Not a Wonderful Life, Hank Pym. Oh, is it? No. But it should be. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, And and then he kind of realizes, you know, maybe the world does need Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But it was really good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's a very good examination of Hank Pym and like what what he is now and it's how, like a character how study and analysis yeah. and, and how he's how, how all this has affected him. Basically like somebody went back in time and killed him to prevent something terrible and then something terrible happened because he died and he knows all that. And so now he's like I need to fix He's like I gotta <laughs> fix live. myself. I can't be an abuser anymore. Right. Do they address <laughs> that in this at all? Not really. They address yeah. that he like had a bunch of like Psychoses and did terrible things. Was that mainly the Ultimates universe? No, no, that was really? in Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Hank, come on, yeah, man. That was that was a yeah. messed up thing that happened. Was that <laughs> why Ultron was so mad that he saw Hank beating? <laughs> yeah, Janet no, no, he's just mad because he's a robot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I thought this was good, and you, yeah. I think you can actually jump in and read it without reading. Um, uh, Age of Ultron. Cause yeah, it's just, just kind a of, good short story. Yeah, yeah. it's just a good short story. And I guess it leads into this, uh, is it called Avengers AI? Yeah. Is the thing about to come out? Which hopefully will be good as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this was, I thought this was a decent issue. Yes. All right, cool. Well, up next we've got, uh, an anthology book. This is Alternative Comics number four. Uh, the cover to this is by Mike Bertino, who we reviewed one of his comics on here. Yeah, it was Trigger. Really yeah, and it so was awesome. Good. Uh, this is, uh, this is by a bunch of different people, including Sam Alden, James Kolchaka, Grant Snyder, Noah Van Syver, Alex Schubert, Andy Restaino, David Lasky, David Lasky again with Robin McConnell, Allison Cole, and Sam Henderson, and Mike Bertino, Theo Ellsworth, and Craig Thompson on the back page. Oh, yeah, the back cover. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. I didn't even read this back cover. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of the best parts. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, so this is broken up into a bunch of stories. So the best way, I think, to approach this, you guys, what was your favorite story? Nick? The Noah Van Shiver one is incredibly hilarious. Yeah. Had me rolling. It's just like about like a cartoonist in the uh, early like what like 
I guess early 1900s or something like that. It's like the early days of like editorial cartoonists and newspapers. Yeah, when like it was all big and he they were paid lots of money and stuff. And yeah, it's the 1800s. President Fillmore. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. He's like uh, Millard Fillmore, the 12th president. I, oh boy, we're dumb. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah, uh, I get that mixed up that whole time. The yeah, I can't go far past Jimmy Carter. Huh? <laughs> Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mean so like after good. you can get up to Jimmy Carter, yeah. but not after yeah. at least, at least Carter. At least like numbers wise. Oh yeah, like I can't do it in order. I can like name a bunch of them, but like you know, just random ones. Yeah, yeah. Like most of them weren't important. Garfield, Odie, yeah. <laughs> normal James K. Polk, James. Yep, James K. Polk, president during the uh, Mexican American War, right? the Polk days, Adams one and two during yeah. the whole Alamo. But thing. I guess I guess this cartoonist sort of becomes like a minor celebrity. It seems like in this thing. Yeah. And then he has, I don't know, it's just funny. It's violent and gross and like yeah. stupid and really funny. Yeah. What about you, Jared? Which one did you like? Yeah. Probably that one's my favorite. Like, I guess you weren't too into this book in general. Honestly, a lot of the, like, so a lot of these are one pagers. Like the, the Vance Hyver one is one of the longer pieces. And a lot of these just felt like, I don't know, it's just like not their best effort. Um, the other thing that was kind of weird about this is except for Noah Van Skyver and even Craig Thompson, sort of, uh, well, I guess you like Mike Bertino and a couple others. A lot of these are like kind of the, the heyday of the nineties alternative scene, which well, really is when alternative comics was big. Yeah. As, a, as sorry, alternative comics is also the name of the company and they were big in the nineties. I think Kolchaka though is like at the top of his game now oh, more sure, sure. than he was then. Uh, like I think his story email in the back of this is really funny. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it kind of reminded me of Fungus, which was a book that I liked a lot. And I think the dialogue is great. It's just, uh, it's basically, um, this guy saying that he got a new computer, but it's really just a puddle of water oh, yeah. and saying he gets good. emails and they're just leaves that fall in it. But they're, <laughs> but, uh, both of the characters that are talking are so dumb and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, funny, it's yeah. great and kind of sweet and endearing yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Like the Sam Henderson stuff, like just feels very dated to me, but, uh, blobby boys is, is kind of a new thing. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. interesting. And I thought blobby boys was cool. And there, there's a book of blobby boys coming out. So we'll probably review that when it comes sweet. from Koyama who does awesome stuff. And a really weird Craig Thompson. Theo Ellsworth one on the back. Yeah, anything with Theo Ellsworth is always usually pretty weird. I actually like this David Lasky thing, which called Googleisms, which I think is he Googled his name and then just looked at like the beginning of each result and oh, made right. it into Spock saying it. Right. Like, oh yeah, that was Spocks. pretty awesome. All the, the aged Spocks over <laughs> yeah. the years. But uh, yeah, and the cover is great. Yeah, but so yeah. that's the thing. I just I felt like it's it mixed, was it's a mixed weird. Bag. Yeah, like certainly a good crew, but I don't know, just yeah. So the guy running Alternative Comics now is not the same person that ran it. Right. So that's what's weird. So it used to be, um, oh, my God. I can't believe I just forgot his name. I feel like it was another. Oh, boy. Tom. Maybe not. Nope. It wasn't Tom Devlin. Tom Devlin did a lot with him. It was not Tom Bergeron. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, I'm pretty sure this is the guy who used to run Cold Cut has taken over. Cold Cut was a distributor that was trying to be like kind of an alternative uh, comics distributor. Which also then got folded into a different distributor, so I think he took it over. Boring anecdote yes. in progress. <laughs> Where are the crickets? Uh, yeah, They're they did. They, they did get folded into that weird distributor that went out of business really fast. Yep. Uh, and then we just really... talk about Batman. Sure. 
Sure. Up next this week, we've got Batman Superman number one. This is written by Greg Pak and partially drawn by Jay Lee. Partially and drawn. then the rest of it is drawn by Ben Oliver uh, from The Daily Show. <laughs> uh, no, so Greg Pak wrote um, a ton of, ton of, um, ton Hulk, of Hulk stuff. Yeah, like Planet his, Hulk. particularly Planet Hulk. And did he write World War Hulk? Hulk? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jay Lee, of course, is a fantastic artist. He drew before Watchmen. I was a man. This was the most recent thing. Yeah. But I think his best stuff is probably his Century and then Humans miniseries. Which are both great. And he also drew some comic with hell in the name. He did of a lot it. of Dark Tower comics, too, which were also good. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, so, Jared, you're holding that book right there. Oh, God, <laughs> that... that that two pager is layout is like the best thing in that whole issue. Yep. So Jay Lee's uh, pulling off some gorgeously experimental layouts here. Some J.H. Um, Williams type yeah, stuff. Exactly. Uh, the one in particular is like the title page where each one is like radiating, radiating out from the top center point in like thin rays of different times. Yeah. And it, it's uh, sort of um, incorporates the Superman logo and the Batman logo yep. into creating a page layout. Um, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is. A beautiful book. Uh, one of the co- most common complaints about Jay Lee is he's got like this, I don't know, I wouldn't say hyper detailed, but like painted, like I can't, I can't describe it. It's amazing. He's a really good artist, but he often does not do much in the way of backgrounds. But I wouldn't say that's true in this. Right. So this is, I think one of the some parts. Yeah. He, he does <laughs> like some amazing also pages that are like amazing pinup pages. There's one with Catwoman just like flying across the screen, like Batman smashing through a window. Something like that. But a lot of them, there's, like, hyper-detailed, crazy, like, like we said, J.H. Williams layouts with some really cool uh, backgrounds. And, like, it's all very gray and gloomy and dark and twisted. Um, it's set in Gotham. And, interestingly, it says years ago. So it's when both Bruce and uh, Clark Kent are very young. Yeah, it's when they first meet, basically. Yeah, uh, which is... I think a very good way to kind of contrast the two of them without kind of being the yeah, it's been, calcified. Do they still meet when they were little kids or is that old 52? Yeah, oh, that's, old 52 no, that's such a great story. But this is like interesting because, uh, you know, you get to see how they interpret each other, which yeah. is pretty cool. Like Batman's like Superman is kind of dumb um, and he's not really doing anything, but he doesn't have to be because he's so powerful. He's like kind right. of examining him and it's pretty cool. And then Superman is doing the same with with uh with batman and i don't know it's interesting inevitably they fight and it's kind of cool to see them analyze each other as fighters as well i found some of the way that superman like some of his thought balloon stuff in this so this follows in the um kind of superman batman vein where they they're kind of both have thought uh captions and stuff like that but some superman stuff is like really twisted and like he's like oh i could break all of his arms and like throw him out it's, just, it's just the new 52 superman yeah that's how he is is he is it well it's really weird and i didn't like it yeah. uh i thought the art in this was great um but there was one thing and that's that the art and uh changes at the end of the book yeah so the one thing is this is uh slightly longer than normal story which most uh mainstream comics are running about 20 pages uh this is 25 pages but the last six are drawn by ben oliver so, Which is good. I mean, he's a good he's artist. Good, yeah, I think it's on artist. his own, but it's hard not to compare him to Jay Lee when you're yeah, reading right. the two artists in the yeah. same and book. And admittedly, the coloring and the styles try to match up pretty well. It's just uh, the detail and the background. I feel like the coloring is, like, way different. I feel like the way yeah. it's finished is, is similar, but, like, it gets really bright and... Well, they also jump out of Gotham, so there's a slight... I feel like they're, well, they're in, like, a different time and universe or something at the end, so maybe... That's kind of their way of uh, 
cheating and being like, oh, we can get a different artist to finish your pages by right. making this part take place in a different universe. Which is kind of indicative of everything that's going on in this. It is a little thin, story-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think worth it, worth checking out just for the yeah. art. Yeah, uh, and some of the page layouts and stuff are, are and great. some of the story bits are pretty interesting. I think so, uh, they play well against each is other. Is Jay Lee going to be drawing any more of this comic? Apparently, he's, he's on the he's listed as drawing it for all the previews. Oh, well, there so, you go. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Uh, all right, up next we've got a very heavy metal book. This is uh, Black Church, the metalist of books, the most metal of all books. It, it's it so metal. <laughs> it even comes in a seven inch sleeve, all right? And it's a seven inch big book. <laughs> and uh, this is written and drawn by uh, Andy Bellinger, and uh, edited by Becky Cloonan, which I thought was pretty oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell people what Black Church is all about? Uh, well, it's about Vlad the Impaler, um, and his what's what's his other nickname? Uh-huh. Dracula. Oh yeah, Dracula. Well, he's not a Dracula in this. He's just Vlad yeah. the Impaler, and he's he's been captured by uh, by these. And it, who are they? They're like just enemies, I guess. And uh, they're taking him to their leader, and things go wrong, and he breaks free and fights a bunch of crazy. Uh, he, he 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 runs into some witches, fights a bear, yep. does a bunch of like metal kind of things. Yeah, yeah, uh, is amazing. The yeah. scene where he fights the bear is pretty sweet. He has some uh, in- insane sex with a witch. Um, yeah, that's the part that was amazing. <laughs> There's like these crazy layouts and this really crazy thing with the snake and I don't know. It's yeah. awesome. Like if a heavy metal album about Vlad the Impaler was turned into a amazingly drawn comic, it would be called Black Church. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's pretty and much it's to be continued. All, so yeah. all you need to know. The yeah. art is cool. It's uh, it's very Becky Cloonan ish yeah, in parts. It, it reads like an amazing fantasy Conan on steroids comic. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, like old Frank Thorne, um, yeah. like Red Sonia stuff, and then even the other part, like his like weird porn comic that he did, yeah. Iron Circus, is that yeah. what it's called? No, Iron Devil. Iron Devil. Yeah, Iron Circus is something different. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, if you like metal. If you're a fan of the band Merciful Fate <laughs> or, uh, or check Crazy Conan comics. or Crazy Conan comics, check out Black Church because it's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, up next we've got Heck by Xander Cannon. This is a, a graphic novel that came out last week, and yep. I read it the day it came out, so I can't remember anything about it. So, Jared, why don't you tell me what Heck is all about? Oh, it's so good. Uh, so basically, <laughs> I this, think I might remember most. This of it. Uh, ran online with Double Barrel. It's an online kind of issue thing where they put out issues with a bunch of different creators and this is collecting the whole hex storyline uh so basically a kind of washed up high school football hero who's grown up and gone on to not much else uh returns home and moves into his uh parents or his well, dad's old yeah, house dad oh yeah, yeah 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 now i remember uh and uh <laughs> find out that his dad used to be some sort of black sorcerer or something and in his basement has a literal passageway to hell and sets up a uh kind of adventure medium detective agent uh, it's like a business where he he helps people yeah. contact their dead relatives or but by literally traveling into hell finding the relatives talking to them and coming back yeah uh the twist on this is the hell itself like he goes on a, a mission for his old crush from high school uh who's since been married um that hell is very much based on dante's inferno with like all these layers and circles and like everything's laid out like it was in, right. in the poem um, but once you enter into hell, it's an awful experience because it's hell, but also you can't very well remember what happens to you. So you have to very carefully come up with magical systems to communicate with people back in the real world by like leaving notes in like weird places. And like, you know, you might be writing in a journal when you're 12 years old and suddenly 
like you just start writing something you don't even remember. And yeah, it was a cool thing where in like, the future that guy communicating to you and what you're writing in your journal. And it stuff. was a cool thing where he would be like, like it's outside of time and space, but right. he would be like in the, you know, in the part of hell that's dedicated to like suicide. Right. And so he would send a message back, but it would go back to the person he was sending it to when they were thinking about suicide. Yes. Which is like, that's kind of how it worked. It was Yeah. Like every part of hell, like the hell, like the Dante's Inferno is organized by areas for each center type. So it's like, if you were sent to this part because you suffered the sin of lust, it's like when you're having sex with someone or if you like suffered the sin of pride, it's like when you're you're most prideful. (laughs) One of the the, the thing is like so bleak about this, this version of hell is pretty much everybody is in hell. Yes. (laughs) Like even if you stole a candy bar, yeah when you were little you you would be in hell (laughs) so a lot of it he's got like this huge map of hell and he's like trying to be like all right so i gotta go talk to your dead father why what was the worst thing he did oh oh he stole from his company all right he's gonna be in the the circle of thieves i gotta go down there that deep and and of course they're like demons and all the stuff from the inferno story and it's amazing uh it's like it's pretty interesting until he gets into hell and then it's amazing like it steps up so much the heart of the story is that he's got this guy who's like one of his like somebody who idolized him in high school oh, and is now now basically like a mummy yeah. um he can barely talk and think but he sticks with him and he's like super loyal to him and is the best friend he even though sandwiches yeah even though heck it, heck did some terrible things to him basically they went on a mission and his kind of like oafish sidekick got horribly hurt on the earlier mission and is now so wrapped in bandages that he looks like a mummy because he's so badly hurt and kind of like damaged it seems like he was it. mentally damaged yeah he's well, like, yeah. barely alive and yet he's still like loyal and, and that's, that's like the heart of it is like their yeah. kind of journey together and kind of accepting like he forgives him and like you know stuff like that like he's kind of like but see, it's also that like I the feel whole like time he's going for his ex-girlfriend who doesn't love him anymore but he's like thinking this will win her back and like Oh, it's, there's so much going on in this. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's like a sweet but very disturbing yeah, no. story at the yeah. same time. Yeah, because all the the different punishments in hell were all, like, terrifying. Yeah. Like, the thieves were just frozen in ice with their eyes frozen open and couldn't move for, like, eternity. <laughs> it was yeah. just terrible things. It's yeah. amazing. But it's also a really funny book. Yeah, it's all yeah. Like, really funny <laughs> and really fun and interesting and just great. And the art's cool. It's, uh, yeah. you know, simple. It's very dark. It's kind of like... Um, like Mike Mignola ish a little bit maybe yeah yeah Xander Cannon did his, a little more cartoony his earliest famous thing was Replacement God which was a really fun fantasy comic oh wow and, he that was a long time ago yeah and then he did <laughs> a lot of like the art layout for the top ten series so uh, good stuff he's pretty awesome yeah good stuff yeah and Hex a good book get it get it all right up next we've got uh a couple of new green lantern books first up is uh larflees number one this is by keith giffen jam dematius and scott collins they're the same guys that did the larflees backups in threshold yeah right yeah and uh i didn't think that those were very good yeah they're all right but i thought that this was kind of a fun issue yeah i actually i thought it was pretty funny i like i thought larflees origin was really funny yeah larflees is recounting it to his sidekick and very quickly you tell that it is not always consistent based on who he's telling it to and he just makes up half of it yes he is well, a, a reliable real, a very entertaining taste but you always real origin yeah you see you, you see what's going on but the story he's telling is is completely different and he kind of makes himself out to be a hero when and really his, he nobody liked him when he was a runt yeah and his birth is so funny oh god so yeah that's i was i checked the cover to see what this was rated after that birth right. scene yeah. uh nice. yeah but you know overall uh i thought it was funny and that's basically all it is it's like Larfley's it, yeah. retelling his origin and then they meet a big monster at the end yeah it's a, it's it, it's like it's funny and engaging but 
Um, it doesn't really. I feel like I don't need to read it anymore. When I finished it, I was like, I just read the best issue of Larflees that will ever come. <laughs> right, out. Right. Like I, I don't feel like it's a character that can sustain a book. Just similar, similar to the way I feel about our next book, Red, Red Lanterns. Lanterns. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Red Lanterns number twenty-one. Uh, but this is written by Charles Soule, who yep. were big or Sewell. We don't know, <laughs> or we're fans, uh, and uh, drawn by Alessandro Vitti. Um, Charles Charles Sewell's taken over a bunch of stuff. He's kind of the new kid on the block over at DC, and uh, and he's, he's taking over Thunderbolts. Thing. Yeah, and he's taking over Thunderbolts over at Marvel as well soon. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I know Jared, you were not a fan of this issue, but I thought it was kind of goofy I like parts fun. of it. I will say this: it's the best issue of Red Lanterns that has ever come out. Yes. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. <laughs> I think. Uh, the well, main problem with it is the Red Lanterns, yeah. uh, the concept and just everything about Again, them. about what can sustain a comic. It's a They're very just strange like choice. These dudes that barf blood and and are angry all the time. It's kind of like a little uh, hard to relate to. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, the, like everything with Guy Gardner is interesting, and um, kind of yeah, like, the, the one the twist on this is that. Uh, Hal Jordan is basically like, we need to find out what the Red Lanterns are up to. So we're going to ask Guy Gardner to like try to rage up and rejoin the Red Lanterns and be yeah. like our insider spy guy. And, of course, he's like, well, if I do that, I'm going to go crazy and be super violent and I may never come back to the good side. Like this, uh, is, Which this, was kind of cool. I like that part. This and Larflees just feel like books that don't need to exist. Yeah, so they yeah. both feel like books that don't need to exist, but they're, I think they're both better than uh, than I would think that they would be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I'll say about Charles Soule, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll edit the A out later. If I find out, uh is that um, I find I find a lot of times with dialogue in superhero comics, especially ones that where people are flying around in space and doing dumb crap, um, I start to I start to zone out. Yeah, and I don't really pay attention to what I'm reading, but I feel like his dialogue is always like kind of engaging, even yeah. in, even if it's in a goofy way. Like uh, the the Red Lanterns talk about the stupidest stuff, yeah. and but it's fun. I don't know. It's just there's something fun about yeah. it, and uh, and the idea of making Guy Gardner a Red Lantern, I think, is is done in a way that's fun like it should be as opposed to the way it's been done in the past where he's just like oh, I'm a rage guy yeah yeah so we'll see I like that part yeah they're both okay yeah they're <laughs> both okay they're both better than they should be yeah. uh all right up next uh I want to review this book later because I want to save it I want yeah can we save yeah. it yeah uh, we'll, we'll come back to this because I really want to read the whole thing all right so up next we've got uh a book called Lazarus. Oh, I almost skipped that. This is Lazarus number one. This is written by Greg Rucka and drawn by Michael Lark. Greg Rucka wrote Queen and Country. Wrote Punisher recently. Wrote Punisher recently. Gotham Central. Gotham Central. Michael Lark drew Daredevil. Gotham Central. Gotham Central. <laughs> not he did not draw Queen and Country. He's done he's done stuff. He's done stuff though. He's he's really good. And this comic was really good. So this is another of the recent trend in image books of doing some crazy dystopian sci-fi future with crazy twists. Uh, this one is a time when there's almost the, the separation between the rich and the poor is so extreme that there's an elite, 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 like a very few people who are now organized into like families that rule over the world and have huge controls of areas. And everyone else is like low level serfs and barely, you know, surviving. Uh, and the opening scene is this woman getting killed by a bunch of guys who've broken into one of these family compounds. And you realize that the only reason they've broken in and murdered some woman is because they're starving and want food. And then the twist is that the woman uh, comes back to life and re- somehow repairs herself enough to kill all three of them. And uh, you find out that she's part of one of these families and she's kind of like the black sheep that's been specifically genetically engineered to be like one of their ultimate fighter assassins. 
Well, so you don't really know why. But it <laughs> seems like, are there one of these in every family? Yeah. We don't know. It yeah, seems yeah. like it. Yeah. It is. But, but, oh, well, is that, that a, on the inside front cover? Inside there front cover describes yeah. it a lot. A lot <laughs> Jared never reads inside front covers. I hate that, that part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought uh, there were so many kind of little twists and stuff. Like there was a, uh, she's being manipulated, which is pretty interesting. And even though she's part of this family, she's not. And um, she doesn't want to do these things kind of. And there's a lot of layers to it. I, yeah. I think, I think they do. A, I think Rucka does a good job of um, balancing like. Making her sympathetic, but then also she's like not a good person, you no. know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think, but I think she's a really interesting character, yeah. Especially as like a like a female lead in a book, I think that she's doesn't fall into the sort of categories that 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 women characters tend to fall in in comics. Right. You know, she's not like a busty, you know, I don't know, whatever. Right, <laughs> she's right. not like Power Girl or something, but right. she's also not a damsel in distress. She's just like. She's a character. Yeah, she's she's a really complicated <laughs> character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. I thought um, some really messed up stuff happened in it. Yeah, um, it's a fascinating world. Yeah, and it's a fascinating. And I want to learn more about it. Yeah, I do too, and I want to see these other families as well, right. and kind of you know what they're like. And see and, where this is all going. Yeah, and see yeah. where it's all going to go. Um, I think this is a mini series, right? I didn't say on the front. Yeah, I'm I don't not know. sure. I'm not sure. The image is always weird about that. Yeah, like, they're like maybe? number one, and then they're like number two of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's really good. And uh, to me, probably because I didn't read the one book we're going to review later, uh, the best thing that came out this week? Yes. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our highest recommendation. Yes. Up yeah. next, Uncanny Number 1, written by Andy Diggle, who wrote Green Arrow Year One mm-hmm. and The Losers. Mm-hmm. And one issue of Action Comics before he quit <laughs> DC, uh, and drawn by Aaron Campbell. Who, what did he draw? Did he draw North Forty? Maybe no, no. Aaron something wrote that. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, really I've good. seen Aaron C- Campbell's art before, but he he has a similar style to say Michael Lark. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, Jared, did you like this issue? I loved it. Oh, yeah, I thought it was really good. You guys too. both loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that was I awesome. I don't like it. You didn't so, like it? Oh, really? <laughs> that was really boring. Really? Yeah. Really? I oh, got it. That's oh man. Uh, so basically, it's about this guy who is kind of a con man, but he has the ability to kind of uh, once he touches somebody, he can absorb all their knowledge. He calls it getting a good read on somebody. Yeah, he literally reads their abilities and skills. And it starts off with him in a very shady um, casino in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Um, and he quickly gets into some trouble with gambling and misreading somebody for like the first time in his life and not really knowing what, what happened. Um, and, and that's about kind of the gist of like, that's how it starts. He runs off and he meets a character who's like, I have a job for you. And that's, that's the gist of it. But, um, I thought he was a pretty interesting character and I thought his ability was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah. It's a fun kind of noir supernatural comic I guess. yeah i thought it was a really good start that you know it shows this guy who's got this awesome ability but like the opening scene is literally him in a, in a high stakes poker game with this guy like runs the casino and he's betting like you know a quarter million dollars he's like because i've you know touched this guy early in the thing i know when he bluffs i know how he plays this game and then he's wrong yeah and he loses you know a quarter million dollars and for the whole thing after that he's like my powers have never failed me before i've never been able to like misread someone right. like that so it's kind of like you're introduced to how he can do all these cool tricks, but at the same time, he's like constantly like on edge. He's like something's gone wrong, and you don't know what. Yeah, it's and a pretty has, like, tense cool, comic. Like, There's yeah. like a couple of really tense scenes where he's like 
being followed by a bodyguard trying to hide his secrets and I don't know, like trying to fun. escape the city and like yeah. And the one thing Andy Duggle, Andy Duggle, Andy Duggle does <laughs> does well. Andy Dick Doug, Andy Dick Doug, Andy Duggle does well as like action stuff. So yeah. whenever there's an action scene in this, it's always very well choreographed and I don't know. There are cool. a lot of good it's action fun. scenes in this. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I just, yeah. uh, I thought the character, I thought the main character was boring to me. He was just like a, like a roguish, a roguish jerk who's in over his head. It just, I He's felt like I'd seen it before. kind of the typical noir guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys say it's good because I, that's the best way to end talking about it. Yeah. I said it's great. Okay. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> all right. Up next, we've got, uh, up last, we've got th- a triple, a triple thread. These are three mini comics by Becky Cloonan. Uh, Becky Cloonan has been drawing uh, Conan recently and has also drawn a ton of other stuff. She's some Batman. Oh, well, she's drawing Fabulous Killjoys right now. Yeah. Uh, And these are her self-published comics. And I'd say uh, they're all pretty similar, so we're going to review them together. They're all sort of about love that's gone awry in a supernatural way. Uh, Yeah, so she tries to do one of these every year. She has a nice little motto of self-publish or perish. Which, especially for people who've got, like, big company contracts or, you know, does work for big companies, I think is a really good thing to, like, just do something you feel passionate about and, uh, you know, try to do something on your own. Do it yourself. Uh, So the first one was Wolves, uh, which came out two years ago. The one from last year is called The Mire, and the one that just came out uh, last week is called Demeter. Um, They're all set in a very similar, like Kevin said, kind of fantasy, you know, Conan-esque adventure world. Um, Wolves is kind of more of a poem almost about a guy who's just had a Kevin said a terrible relationship and like uh kind of wandering through the forest and you know being tracked by monsters and like trying to think about what he did um the mire is more of a ghost story of uh, a young like page or assistant to a knight who's sent on a mission into a swampy mire and has to deliver a message and finds like a creepy haunted castle and then Demeter is about a woman who her boyfriend or lover uh, drowned in the ocean and was, she was somehow able to do a strange sacrifice or spell to bring him back from the dead. And now she's terrified that the ocean will um, make him die or they Take call him back. Him back. Yeah. 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 I thought Demeter was the best of the bunch. I thought Meyer was a little bit confusing at times. Oh, really? Um, and I thought, I thought Wolves was cool. Um, yeah. They all do have that kind of same, uh, like... Like she's got kind of a twisted uh, view of love, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they are, they're all kind of about love going really, really terribly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except maybe the Meyer. Yeah, I mean, the Meyer's kind of it's more romantic than the other two. Creepy maybe. but sweet. <laughs> uh, I thought Demeter was the best of the bunch for sure. Yeah. Um, just art wise and storytelling wise, and all these know. have great art. Yeah, they all have great art, yeah, and they so and they all have like a nice um, they have a nice feel to them. Like the atmosphere of the yeah. books is really well done. Uh, yeah, and like Jared said, they're all in this kind of like kind of a fantasy world. Yeah, but like uh, medieval setting. Yeah, like yeah, medieval, medieval kind of like Scandinavian magical. almost yeah. or something. Um, and they're they're all really good. And I read them all you know back to back, and I felt like they really yeah really, they work really yeah well. they work really well together. And uh, I'd say they're worth checking out. They're awesome. Yeah. They're so good. Well, that's it for this week, right, you guys? That's it. Yep. That's good because I'm really tired. I want to talk about New School, but we'll talk about it next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the book we skipped was New School by Dash Shaw because I didn't get because it was longer than I thought it was going to be. (laughs) Yes, I didn't finish it. So we will talk about that. Are you guys going to do podcasts on your own without me? We'll see. All right. Well, we'll see. If if not, I'm definitely going to be gone for a few weeks, but these guys will probably be back. And uh, we'll (laughs) see you guys next time. Later. Later. Later.